Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Hewins Theory Podcast. I'm your host Ian and our guest for today is no stranger to television and radio. She's an entrepreneur, board chair director and youth advocate, the beautiful Empress Golden. How are you doing Empress? Welcome to the podcast. I'm great, Ian. Thank you. I'm honored to be on this podcast with you. And hello to all your distinguished listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for taking your, you know, out of your busy schedule to be here on the podcast. I appreciate that. So how are Anytime. you? How is the family doing? How are the kids? Oh, boy. They are online right now, learning online. It's a whole new world, um, 2021. But they're good. And I am here at home just sitting with you online while mm-hmm. I get ready to go and, uh, you know, attack my radio show and, <laughs> you know, do things I need to do on the road before I have to come back home before 8 o'clock. But everybody is well. We are surviving. Awesome. And that's what we have to do in this time, right? Survive. That's all we have to do. Oh, my goodness. That is so true. <laughs> how how do you manage um, being now the kids are at home? How is that for you? It's probably driving you crazy. You know, Ian, last year, 2020 March, it was a strange time. And I had to find ways to deal with my anxiety and the fear mm-hmm. when I heard about this COVID-19 and then the restrictions and then losing a lot of, you know, 80% of my work, you know, and income. It was a scary time. And I learned learned at that time how to manage it because I'm doing much better now in 2021 March but it was a really hard time you know watching the children have to navigate this online space and internet connectivity challenges and watching them just being frustrated lack of social interaction and everybody was tense it was just a tense space and everybody was at home all day with each other and we're not used to that you know normally the kids would go to school we would go to work so it was very challenging and we had to get to know each other a little better Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and that was that was interesting but uh, there was a lot of frustration but it also brought a lot of peace you know I started Mm. falling in love with the flowers I would walk around the house and watch the flowers bloom and take pictures of them and I put my hand in in the soil and started to grow and that was a bonding moment especially with my daughter we would plant seeds watch them grow we would pick we would eat Mm. So it taught me how to grow my own food plants and eat from my own backyard. Mm -hmm. And it taught me patience, you know, patience with your husband. You have to see him every day, patience (laughs) with the kids and our personality clashes, Mm -hmm. you know, being together all day, every day. Um, So it was an interesting learning journey. And I think I am navigating the space a lot better now. Mm -hmm. I've had a year of practice and the anxiety is not there like it was in the beginning so we're doing okay um online it's challenging you know you have to pick up test papers Mm -hmm. and you know the children but now my son is able to navigate a google classroom like never before and do documents online and upload it to google drive so he's advanced with the online technology so there 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 are benefits Mm -hmm. in and beauty in the covid retreat i call it you learn new skills and and new talents (laughs) absolutely absolutely um what do you say to the parents out there you know just as how you you've figured out how to navigate the space a little bit better we've been doing you've been doing this for a year now 
Um, what do you say to these parents who are still struggling to cope around all of this, being at home, being online schooling and all that stuff? We're not going to get it right, right away. You know, it's okay to be frustrated. Just accept I'm frustrated. I can't manage this today and just shut it down and do something completely different. If they have to miss a day of online, then fine. But what parents need to do is to find what works for them. You need to find the right space in the house. You need to, whether you have to boost your internet, whether you have to call a couple of friends and do a small part of two or three children and find somebody to come and assist their online learning, which is what I've done with my daughter now. She's home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, she was going to a smaller pod um, during the whole um COVID-19 restrictions last year because I found it very difficult trying to work and be creative and manage her at three years old online. It just was not working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, device issues and time issues. So I found a pod for her. So I think we need to look at the community support, reach out to other people and say, hey, can we get together every day, you know, or, you know, say, okay, I will manage your kids Monday to Wednesday, you manage them Thursday and Friday mm -hmm. online, you know, mm -hmm. And I think if we look at it that way as a community, it will be easier. But as parents, especially the women, we carry a heavy load, you know, especially if you're a professional like me, you are working and you're also managing the home. And it's not that the husbands aren't there and they're not supportive, mm -hmm. but we take on a heavier load uh, and responsibilities during COVID-19. And that's a fact globally. Women do carry the load, mm. a lot of the load, you know, trying to keep the children safe, the sanitization. I mean, I go to an ATM, I have my kids sprayed up with all kinds of things, you know. Mm. Um, so we, we, we take on a, a heavier load. And I think we must be okay with it as parents and say, listen, I'm struggling today. It's not working. Call the teacher. Some teachers are teaching online from the school. Maybe your one child could go into the classroom, you know, if you don't have internet connection or device is to help your child at home, mm -hmm. you call the teacher or the principal and find a solution together. We must ask for help, right? We must mm -hmm. seek it wherever we can. We must open our mouths and speak and ask for support. I think that's one thing. A lot of us are, are, are locked up in our homes struggling and nobody knows. So if you mm -hmm. don't say it, then you won't be able to get the support that you need. So you must speak about it to anybody you can and everybody you can. And how do you how do you encourage persons like, you know, who aren't too keen on speaking or they're not so empowered enough to speak exactly what's going on with them? How do you help those people? Because not everybody's like, you know, open to say, I need help. How do you, right. how, do you how do you help those people or encourage what do you say to them? You know, to I say up. to find your voice. To me, that is the only that is the solution. Otherwise, you can sit at home and write down different options. Say to yourself, this is the situation I'm in. All right. How can I change it? You have to have then a conversation with yourself and mm -hmm. write down the possible options and take a chance, take a risk and go and try different ways and see what works for you. But I really believe in the power of sharing our stories and asking for help. Asking for help. Were you always like this? Were you always the type of person to reach out to say, hey, you know what? I need help. I am struggling. Well, I've always had a loud voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I've always loved people. I've always been a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. So I think that I have an advantage there because it's it's innate, you know, my ability mm-hmm. to connect with people and share my story or, you know, have conversations with people. And in conversations, you realize that you're not alone. A lot of people are going through the same thing and some have been able to pivot. Some have been able to find a solution. And it's when you have those kinds of conversations, then you are inspired to take action because you will hear from somebody, oh yes, I went through this, so I'm doing this now. And I think people must form a community. I have a community of girlfriends who are all mothers and I learn Mm -hmm. from them. You know, we're in WhatsApp groups and they will share you know whether it's a coding website or a swimming tutor during covid you know they share information and that information then gives me an opportunity to find the answer for the problem i have but if i wasn't Mm -hmm. in the community i wouldn't know that these resources were available so i believe that we must find a community of people who inspire who have Mm -hmm. answers And find a community of people who are maybe doing a little better than you are in many areas, because that's what we need. We need people to pull us up, not pull us down. And it can be very burdensome when you're the person in the group that is always being asked for support and you can't find it for yourself. The people you're surrounded by aren't able to assist you with the information you need and the support you need. So we have to be very careful of the network and the, Mm -hmm. you know, that we form. In, in, in our various, you know, disciplines or spaces. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, 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 mm-hmm. sorry. Right. I, I agree. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was inspired to start this podcast, because I want to create that space where I can speak to persons who have inspired my life and, you know, really share it with the world. And like, you know, hopefully allow somebody to find their own voice too yes 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 and congratulations on your podcast you're doing mm-hmm. well thank you <laughs> I mean, congratulations to on your new show, Every Woman. Come on, let's talk about that for a second. What inspired your new radio show? Well, you know, Every Woman was already a show on Nationwide, and it has had different hosts along the way. And when the former host moved on to another space and place in in her world, the CEO and founder of Nationwide, the great journalist Cliff Hughes, called me into a meeting. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, this space is going to be available. And I really believe that you're the person to sit in this seat. And mm-hmm. he gave me freedom and free reign to just go and create and make every woman my show, however I wanted to. When I heard the name Every Woman, I said to myself, oh, this sounds like me. I am a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm somebody's cousin, somebody's sister, and I have <laughs> lived life, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt I had enough experience, yeah, mm-hmm. in this world to go into that space and create it to share, disseminate information that I think is pertinent to the development of the nation. I thought mm-hmm. it was a good space where we can invite men, but focus on women and leading Right. By example, meaning, you know, our health, you know, our our, our success stories, you know, Mm -hmm. tips and tricks and hacks to make life better 
for the men in our lives, for the children in our lives. As women, we are great leaders. And as women who control the domestic engineers, we control the home. I think if I can impart some kind of knowledge and inspiration, aspiration in the women mm. of this world, that we will have a healthier um, world. Yeah. And my mm. thing is, I have a big vision and I have hope for this world, especially starting with Jamaica, that we, the women, if we are informed and we are a collective body, we can mm. make this country better. And it's about also sharing ideas like the state of the nation and looking into ideas theories, Ian, that mm -hmm. may not be discussed enough. You know, everything is right. being covered because of COVID-19, COVID-19, but there are other pandemics that we're seeing, shadow pandemics, you know, violence against women, our health mm -hmm. issues, diabetes, hypertension. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many other things that we're not discussing, crime. And I really believe in the science of crime, getting into the minds and the historical transgenerational trauma and pain mm -hmm. that is causing a lot of the social issues in our country, country. And on mm -hmm. that show so that I can start to put these ideas out there so that people will sit in their homes and have conversations to find a better mm -hmm. way to live and to look at different solutions to the problems right. that have you know not what? been shared publicly yet because we don't right. have the solutions. I I, I agree with that statement 100% and I oftentimes tell people if there is a problem and you are and you can't bring a solution then I assume that you're a part of the problem yep. and that is the honest truth and you know a lot of as you said there are a lot of social issues that we shove under the rug and we mask it with the word COVID-19 and we mask it with the word pandemic yes. and and it, there's so much more things going on than just a pandemic. And I mean, as much as how it, it, it is important and it's happening, there's mm -hmm. a lot of issues that we need to bring to forums like your show, like this podcast, that we need to really sit and talk to people and really find out what's the root of this. Where is this really coming from? Because nobody just got up and violence and crime started. You know mm. what I mean? It came from somewhere and it starts yeah. with your mind. Yes. It comes from somewhere and it's a root and, and once we can really dissect the issue and go to the root of the problem, then that's the only way we can make this place a better country or world. I, I t completely agree. And, you know, I think we need to focus in Jamaica on the study of the criminal mind. Yeah, we need to look at the, the, the psychosocial issues and the history of many of our perpetrators of crime. And that's something that I can't see that, you know, when 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 somebody has been charged and convicted of a violent crime, what kind of data are we collecting? What kind of study are we looking at to say, this is how this person grew up? Is it the fact that they didn't have fathers in the home? Is it the fact that they're dealing with trauma and the trauma has messed up their, their brain? You know, mm -hmm. when we get that information, we can now put in place measures, preventative measures, so that when a boy or a girl is at this age, we can then detect that there's a possibility of them ending up here. And then we have some clear interventions in place at the community level. These are the mm -hmm. kinds of conversations I think we have to have as a nation because it's getting out of hand. And I keep telling people this pandemic epidemic, when we look at the other challenges in the country, we cannot, we cannot 
put it aside because when COVID is gone and everybody's vaccinated, right? What mm -hmm. happens next? We're still putting the band-aid on the issues that has been plaguing us for so many years. Ian, it is mm -hmm. so serious. You know, I sometimes close my eyes and think of a Jamaica and it brings me to tears because when I look at mm -hmm. the bars on the homes, when I look at Jasmine D who can't be find, found after no. a year, mm -hmm. these things hurt me. And I feel I'm still human, but I feel some people are not human. It's just we mm -hmm. brush it aside and I'm affected. It affects me. The fear, mm -hmm. the anxiety, you know, the disappointment yeah. in my people. Mm -hmm. no. oh, yeah. It's 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 like gone without a trace. Oh there's no God. absolute there's nothing that can give us some form of comfort mm. to say, okay, we, we are living in a safe country. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing there. It's oh. just this person disappeared and that's it. And, and and to me, and I can speak for a lot of Jamaicans, where we feel like there was not a lot anything done. There's not the the maximizing what could have been done to assist or try to help or come to some form of conclusion, solid conclusion. Mm. I don't think. Right. I, I, and that I, is my opinion. Yeah, I think it's boy. I don't know. You know, I'm not the investigating team. I I'm not a part of the investigative team, so I really don't know. But it looks like our constabulary force has been searching and mm -hmm. has been interviewing. And the fact that this young university student who was visually impaired disappeared one year ago, and we cannot charge anybody it's scary because this could happen to somebody else so i know as well that you know um two men were charged um they were found with her phone and another item i think it was her debit card if, if i'm yeah, correct think, yeah yeah right mm -hmm. right so the two men were charged with possession of identity information unauthorized access to computer data simple larceny um larceny so i don't really know where it's going to go but i believe that the police are going to look more into these two men to see if they can um get anything else out of them but i think the nationwide documentary missing without a trace really brought new light and opened up the case again and i hope that we can find her or put some closure to it because the so, father mm -hmm. needs closure. The family needs closure to know, yeah. you know, what happened to his daughter. And, and who next, Ian, me, you, who next? And if we don't yeah. stand up and fight, this is why I'm adamant that I'm going to my grave fighting. I'm fighting for the solution. And I swear, I believe that every single child at a certain age, if it is even seen that they have wayward, um, behavior that they must be put into a mandatory program a national mandatory camp that camp is where we reprogram their minds give them therapy and guide them give them the right teachings give them code and ethics and honor so when they leave there they leave with a skill and a different kind of mindset. Mindset. Mm -hmm. We have to intervene, Ian. We have to intervene. Our young men are the main perpetrators. Many of the victims are men of gun violence. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. where are these guns mm -hmm. coming from, Ian? How do we have so many guns in our country? 
country. <laughs> Where's the border control? We need to get yep. the, we need to get the Coast Guard working. Something is wrong. Yep. Something no, is absolutely wrong. Absolutely true. What are the priorities? And this is my major concern. So I'm happy for these spaces where we're allowed to have these conversations. And mm -hmm. I'm happy for, you know, you mentioned the radio show, Every Woman, because, you know, in a subtle way, I hint at some of these um, thoughts, ideas, and I'm hoping somebody listening will take up the baton and, and go and do something about it. But I'm doing my part where I can. You know, I serve where I can. And wherever mm -hmm. I go, I'm not afraid to say the same thing, you know. Right, I, I right. will never be silent on the things that are most important to me. And that is to see my people, my Jamaican people, yeah, in a happy space economically, socially, physically, you know. So we have a lot of work to do, Ian. We have a lot of work to do. We do. We do. But you know what? I mean, thank you for just sharing your voice and just standing up to what you believe in and not being afraid to speak your truth. Mm. And I, I, I have to say thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for allowing me to speak my truth. I, <laughs> I, I, I am very grateful for the opportunity and I am who I am. And I think many of us are not living in our truth, walking in our purpose, knowing our why. Mm. And I think that is what everybody needs to answer to live your best life. Yeah. And to live a life where mm. you're happy because life is very short. It's what they say in the Bible, three score plus 10, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, and a lot of people do pass at, 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 at 70 something, you know, some of our greats mm -hmm. recently, you know, Daddy Uroy, Bonnie Whaler, many of us are going at that time. So the question we have to ask is, uh, each other or the question we have to ask mm -hmm. ourselves, what kind of life are we going to live now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what, who defines what happiness is to you? You know, that's the other thing too. Mm. A lot of people live their life because of what they see on social media or mm. what society has depicted happiness is. And I mean, nobody says that happiness is happiness is whatever you choose, whatever makes you comfortable, whatever you do and it makes you happy, that's happiness and that's your happiness, you know? Yes, yes. A lot of times we fall in that trap too and that, and that hurts a lot of us too. Hmm. Well, we ain't going to fall in that trap, are we? <laughs> mm -mm. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Talk through. You know, I want to, I want to touch on something. Um, earlier, you, you mentioned about trauma, people not being able to lift up and get away from whatever has happened to them in the past. And one of the things for you is you asked a question on your Instagram the other day, and it's what, what is one thing you wish you had said or done with your mom before she passed away. And I want to touch on that. And how are you now? Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. How am I? I don't know. Um, I, wow. You know, it's, uh, I wish we had more time to sit at the hotel on the beach together. I wish we had more time to do. I always had a dream of going to Italy with my mom. I don't know why. It was just something I always thought about, like taking her on a trip where we would have a moment to really bond in a different way, you know? And we always lived countries apart, you know? 
um, mm-hmm. cities apart or countries apart, you know, since I left home at 18. And we were very close, however, because we would speak a lot on the phone. She always called. She WhatsApp. She was very savvy. She she um, stalked my Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, and when I'm going through her phone, I could see millions of screenshots <laughs> from my Instagram. She was always praying for her, for me and her son, and she. She was just a guide while while she was alive, you know. If she ever saw you do something which she thought was a little out of character or didn't have enough integrity that she thought we had to live by, you know, she would call you up and say, listen, you know, you said this or you did this or she would always congratulate you when you did something good um, or when you achieved another milestone in your life. And that's how she was with me, you know, every milestone, every achievement, Every document, every certificate, every job, she would call and she would say, wow, I'm proud of you, my daughter. And a week or so before she passed, she also sent me a message um, telling me how proud she was um, to have me as her daughter. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I do wish I had more years with her because every pregnancy she would come, every contraction she would hold me as soon as my child, Mm -hmm. but both my children were born. She gave them their first bath, you know. I would breastfeed. She would make sure I'm breastfeeding properly. Tell me, get off your phone while you're breastfeeding. You know, she was just like a super-duper mom and a super-duper grandma. I mean, she, my kids didn't need anything mm-hmm. when Grand, Nana Joy was alive, you know. <laughs> Nana Joy would call you ahead. What do mm-hmm. the kids need? And she would go out of her way. So, you know, having them grow up without her is truly um, an emptiness for them, um, they know her well. Even the three-year-old, when you ask Zipporah, um, she'll come to you and say, Mommy, mm-hmm. I want to take a plane to see Nana Joy. And I was like, oh, well, not now. You know, <laughs> one day you'll meet her again. But she said, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay. Nana Joy lives in my heart. So they have very fond memories Aww. of her. And, and I, I miss my mom. And I cry a lot. I cry a lot. I'm still hurting. I am in pain, you know, mm-hmm. and when I think about it, it's like I stay busy. But when it when it's brought to my attention or I see her picture in the living room or her piano, which I have at home and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I remember waking up and hearing my mom. She was a beautiful pianist and she would sing. And, you know, there are so many moments I wish she was here to teach my children how to play the piano and you know, keep that spirit. She was a spiritual warrior, you know, and I just keep calling on her. Mm -hmm. I believe her spirit and her energy, of course, it's still here. And she's really my guide. And she's my my checkpoint. Whenever I I take a step, I kind of look up and look deep within. And Mm -hmm. I I, I say, mommy, you know, Um, and sometimes I feel she's asking me how her husband is. They were married for over 40 years. And now the responsibility is with me to make sure that my dad is okay. And I've had to take on a very big responsibility. And that's Mm -hmm. challenging too when you're the eldest and you take on the role now of keeping an eye out for the the Mm -hmm. parent who's left behind. Mm -hmm. It is very hard. It drains you because you have a husband, you have a father now that depends on you, even if it's depending on you for your time, for conversation, you know. And sometimes you feel stretched. The kids are calling at you and then you have other responsibilities out there. You really have to learn where to take time out and hide Take time out and find it for you. Disappear and take yourself out to a restaurant to eat by yourself. 
so you can just breathe. Yeah, because it's stress will kill you. And I, I mean, as I'm talking to you, it's like, I feel like my chest is, is hurting. My shoulders are burning because it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we women are strong mm-hmm. and we will bend. And my mother was like that type of woman. And a lot of times I see myself in her and I just want to laugh. And I wish I could say to her while she was alive, boy, mommy, I'm glad for the, the lessons you taught me by example, because I can see myself Mm-hmm. you know I can see you in me and even the way I am with my children the way I kiss and hug up my children every day and tell them I love them I remember my father saying to me the other day he goes you know growing up my mother re- didn't really hug and kiss me the way that your mother did or the way that you do you know and you could see that he recognized mm-hmm. that and for whatever whatever effect or that had on him it obviously is something that he's seeing and I can see my mother, I kiss my children. I love you, sweetheart. And that was my mom. She was forever loving and hugging and kissing. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me, I wish I had a couple more years, even if she had to go. I wish I had two years where I could see her actually retire and not work so hard. She struggled in silence with different aches and pains that she never shared because that's what women do we don't tell you all of our pain and aches you know we just keep it moving for the family because you know Mm -hmm. moms don't want to burden their children and i realized that's that's who she was but another Mm -hmm. thing you know i as as i look at life and i hear the stories of other women who have to watch their parents suffer Mm -hmm. in sickness for years and and the cost of looking after a parent who is sick is is another conversation we don't have you know mm-hmm. how do you provide for a, a, an ailing parent when you have to get a nurse when you look at the medical bills and different kinds of medication it can be burdensome let me tell you Ian. i i was just about to, to share that you know because you know i have i had this my grandma she's an absolute sweetheart and the words that you Mm. describe is exactly who my grandmother was and especially to me she was so dear to my heart because I lived with her um, Mm -hmm. for most of my youth growing up and you know I watched her Mm. literally passed away in my hands you know not to get morbid on on the podcast now but she was such a woman of strength and character and you know she's exactly what you described a while ago she'll call you out and if you're doing something wrong she'll praise you if you're doing something good and and then she literally i watched her suffer through pain and aches and numerous house visits with the doctors and then she literally mm-hmm. just one day and it was on christmas eve she just she literally just just took her last breath i remember the story she she was she asked me mm-hmm. to get some coffee for her I never forgot and I went I, and I'm and by the time I brought the coffee back to her she literally took oh one break gosh. and that was it oh that's that's horrible oh to and witness that yeah yeah it, it, you know but but you know you are living your life like you know how you live your life now and I remember how we met on yes. our conversation it was just so beautiful and and the energy match and everything was perfect and I like what you described is exactly yourself whether you realize it or not that you are exactly Aww. describing who you are well thank you um my mama lives in me and you know what you said about your grandma it's true it's 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 not easy to watch him get sick and I can tell you um in reflection, Ian, 
when I looked, when I went to see my mom that Christmas and I saw all the medication she was taking, I said to myself, something is wrong here. How can you be taking seven, eight, nine pills every day? And I think it's another conversation we have to look at mm -hmm. when doctors are prescribing medication and may not know the other medication you, you, you're on as something I really want to research, mixing medication. And having multiple medications at one time in your body, um, you know, how could it have potentially dangerous effects? I think that's what I want to know. You know, different, so many substances um, at one time. And I don't know if that led to her demise. I don't know. I really don't know. But I can tell you, I wish, and, and I always say to people, you know, and I'm, 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 I go back to... <laughs> I, I'm going back on my own principle here, which is really, you know, never say I shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, when I'm out there speaking, never say I shoulda, coulda, what are you doing, you know? Um, but now I'm like, no, no, really in, in, you know, in reflection mode, no. When I saw those medication, I, I wish I could have researched how the, the effects, the side effects of all of them together because she went into hospital and two days later she was gone. But guess what? A friend of mine called me mm -hmm. after my mom's mm -hmm. death, and she has now passed away. It's a friend's mother. She recently passed um, away. And she called me, and she said, you know, nobody, I could never tell anybody this empress, but, you know, she sent her condolences and everything. And then she said to me, you know, I just wish my parents would just die. And I was taken aback. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, they're so old. They're sick. They can't help themselves. She says, and I have to spend money for two nurses, right? Two nurses, one for each parent to look after them. Mm -hmm. They can't help themselves. They can't move. She said, and they've been married their whole life. Why can't they just go together now? Because it, you see, so life is interesting, you know, like mm -hmm. as much as I'm hurting, I'm saying to myself, I would never want to see my mom. And that's not my mom. My mom wouldn't, my mom is a, is a top of top hot girl she would never ever want us she would <laughs> never want to be in a situation where she couldn't help herself not my mother no way right. we, us bathing her no 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 i know she would never want that so sometimes you know um the right. universe gives you what you what you ask for and i knowing my mother she would never want to live in pain and be a burden to her children and it burdens some Burden. caring for the elderly mm -hmm. and so we have to have more of those conversations you know wow that right. was emotional i feel like whoo yeah, oh, yeah. no that was that was really deep but i appreciate you sharing i'm a little teary-eyed ian why are you doing this to me oh boy <laughs> oh god me too Ooh. over here don't worry yeah. i got you <laughs> yeah Oh God! Yes, yes, yes. So, let give me a little bit more of Empress. What do you like to do outside of this whole talks and TV shows? Um, and TV shows and radio. <laughs> um, I love, I love lately since since COVID. Um, COVID school taught me how to grow. I love to. I love to grow my plants and pick it with my children and cook it. <laughs> I love to eat my husband's food. He's a very good cook. He is amazing. And I love to eat. I love to eat. I love food. Um, mm -hmm. I love, 
I love to get away. You know, I have this thing where my greatest joy is to be in a hotel room, and my kids love it, um, hear the sound of the ocean, and watch my children mm-hmm. swimming in the ocean with their dad, with me, watch them in the sand, um, us having dinner together. The world is so hectic, and we're hustling and bustling, and, you know, it's so much and so many distractions that I feel people need more time for just that family time. And I think we get to a space like that where you're not seeing all the things that need to be done in the home and cleaning and you get away. It is, it's a moment, it's therapeutic. And for us, that has definitely been something Mm -hmm. that we love to do as a family. And we have a couple of hot spots uh, that we we go to and we have some investment in a couple of spaces. (laughs) So we will go and, you know, enjoy ourselves there. That is definitely to me, especially because I don't plan to get on a plane and go to any other country for the next few years with everything going on. I am quite happy to staycation mm-hmm. in Jamaica. I love to get away with my, my, my family and close family friends and do small trips and explore, you know, the drive in the car, stop on the roadside and buy some street food, you know, listen, the best, best. get me some yaman, roast yaman, salt fish and some some soup, peanut soup. I mean, there's so many beautiful moments in that. And lately, and I did promise myself I was going to do a lot more of it this year, 2021. So thanks for reminding Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I remember we were having (laughs) Yes, we did. We did. And you're reminding (laughs) me that I need to do more of that. So that's really, you know, to tell you the honest about you, I'm, I'm, I'm simply a creative. I love to create. You know, mm-hmm. I have Aki Walk, which is on my agenda to revamp this year. Mm-hmm. I would love to encourage everybody to go and look at it on YouTube. Aki Walk was a, a, a visionary idea that came to me and my husband, mm-hmm. and we created this first Jamaica's first animated puppet series on television. And using, yeah. I was just about to say, you know, share exactly yes, what this it is about. Right. So it's about teaching children about their rights and responsibility using puppetry and puppeteering, whatever the word is. I've never done it before in my life. But as a creative, when you have an idea, (laughs) you just run and do it. And I had this idea (laughs) when I was in Brazil for um, a youth international Mm -hmm. youth conference years ago. And I was walking down a little area. And I saw this, um, these puppets and I was like, oh, I had just had Kush. And I said, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to come back <laughs> with these puppets and, and have fun at playtime with my son. And when I came back now, I was like, oh, no, 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 hold on now. This could be something. So with UNICEF support, we were able to create on television Jamaica a 24-episode puppet show which was based on the UN convention of Mm -hmm. the rights of the child teaching children about their rights and responsibility incorporating other lessons and social values and the puppets are black puppets you know a representative of the majority of the people of Jamaica so that's what I that's what I did and that was a creative passion project and I did it and I was I was so proud of myself and my team Christina and Steven and everybody else all the actors and the music in there and the entire team that put it together um we were we we were so proud of what we did and being able to do it with a little budget now we want to take it to 2D animations so I want to kind of create a pitch deck where we can sell it to investors to say, hey, mm-hmm. 
here's a storyline, here are the puppets, support us, and let's turn this into a 2D animation. Meaning we can still do the puppet version, mm -hmm. but we want to recreate the storyline mm -hmm. into 2D animation for the world and for global distribution. So that's what's on our mind. That's what I love to do. I love creating projects. I love youth work. You know, I sit on three important boards. Um, when you ask what I love to mm -hmm. do, I, well, please, Ian, I want you to tell your listeners, please to go on AkiWalk's YouTube and support yes. and watch the episodes and share it. Uh, absolutely. I will leave it in the, in the link Thank below you. for sure. I've watched a few episodes myself. Yeah. Very informative. I love the little, the jingles. Yeah. It's so, so fun, so light, but yet so yeah. informative, yeah. Which, is, which is good. Thank you. I love it. You know, I love you. And I love your brain. I don't want to eat your brain. You're just such a creative juice. I should tell the people, if amazing. I'm losing my brain, you know, if, I, if I lose my brain, Ian, <laughs> You know, you, you, you're such a sweet soul. And, you know, you have so much things going on. The TV, the radio. You, you are board chair from Maxfield yes. Park Children's Home. Board of Director yes. for NCB. And boy, that's such a mouthful. But you are doing it. You're out here going through it. You you know, you have a passion and that's what's it driving It is that. You said the right thing. Oh, my gosh. The lesson of the day. And it's NCB Foundation, um, not the entire bank, but the group, the foundation that serves m many young people. And mm -hmm. we're doing great things. Um, you know, we've helped so many children with their education. And we're, we're refocusing now, looking at the digital landscape and preparing the young people to become digital producers. So I'm excited about being a part of that leadership um, on the NCB Foundation board. Um, what you said, passion, Absolutely. you know, Ian, it's a new world. You know, the other day my son said to me, Mom, I want to be a gamer. You know, and I said, a gamer? He's like, yeah, I just want to game. And I said, oh, okay, it's a new world. You know, back in our day now, mm -hmm. you know, you got to go get a job and we go to university and be a teacher and all them something there. And the world is changing and I think we need to mm -hmm. change a the um, conversation, the narrative about success and what it sounds like and what it looks like. I was speaking to a young lady the other day. She finished high school and went straight into her dad's wholesale. You know, I was speaking to somebody else the other day and she was another wholesale story. She um, is running her parents' wholesale and they all live upstairs. And she's just showing how she inherited her dad's business discipline yeah. And we need to have more conversations about the careers mm -hmm. of the future and the skill sets and experience that our young people are going to need to win. And it is about passion. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to be a real estate agent? Do you want to own the next yeah. hotel? Do you want to create the next game? Do you want to go into artificial intelligence and get them ready now? You know, Ian, I think it's so amazing that the new world, everything mm -hmm. is on the internet. There's so many courses and masters yeah. you can take to upskill. I was, yeah, mm -hmm, I was just about to touch on you actually have, you did that master class and I was a part mm -hmm. of the master class for youth. And I remember, you know, it came at such a time when I was, trying to figure out if I really wanted to do the podcast or if I didn't. And then I just see this 
Instagram post from somewhere. I don't remember. I don't remember it came from your page directly, but somebody shared it. And I said, wow, masterclass, this is free. And I'm like, look at Empress now out here, just sharing her passion and just sharing it with the world. And mm. there's nothing more beautiful than that. You know what I mean? And I went and I went to the classes. I remember the first one was, I think, with Delano Forbes. And, you know, he shared about introduction to television and videography. And, and I'm just saying to myself, you know, the, the spaces have shifted yes. now. Career fields have shifted now. It's nobody, you know, there's not the typical lawyer, doctor, go to school, have to go to college, get a degree. It's not that anymore. You know, people are finding their voices going jumping back to what you said finding their voices and trying to find your passion and your purpose yes in this world because we all are gonna die so we might as well live (laughs) live 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 (laughs) that's my thing anyway ian it's 1105 my time from this podcast Mm -hmm. um and guess yep, I we I have love it. Talking. I wish I could stay all day and talk to you. You're you're you make you make the conversation easy and you're authentic. And that's what I really admire about your what you're doing and, and your previous podcast because you you just you have a passion for this and you're good at it. You're you're it's natural. So I just want to encourage you, colleague to colleague, to keep on going. And you know, I, I might have to go start my even though I have my radio on nationwide it made me feel like i want to put my platform to yes see move my digital assets <laughs> everywhere i'm saying <laughs> yeah yes. so yeah that's, you're doing good you're right doing there. good thank you so much i appreciate it you know we have to obviously have a part two to this conversation because we I will know. go on um but i am um, I am very, very happy and grateful for you coming on, sharing your voice and loaning it to my podcast and my listeners. We appreciate it. I want you to continue to doing what you're doing. Just continue being the humanitarian that you are, the philanthropist, and just just continue striving for excellence because you're, you're amazing and I love you. Oh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to comment, share, and subscribe wherever you stream podcasts. Tune in, same place, same time, right here on the Hewins Theory Podcast.